Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into Pod 127. Sorry, we missed it last week. We we're busy. Um, just didn't have time. We were both traveling, and then Wednesday came, and we just kind of. We didn't have time to do it. I'm sorry. 26th anniversary. Yeah, we got a puppy. Rachel got a puppy. Um, so we had to we had to skip we last to week. Do our real jobs. Um, yeah, that was only like the fourth time we've ever missed it. So I think it's okay. Um, yeah, a lot happened um, since we were away. NBA's over. NHL is over. The U.S. Open happened. Um, yeah, just crazy stuff. Um, all right, podium. Always, I'll start. <clears throat> Speaking of NBA. This is going to be my um, podium last week if we did this, and it's going to keep it. NBA needs to reevaluate. What I mean by this is they need to reevaluate the way the game is played because it's turned into a trashy product that it's it's glorified pickup basketball. They're, the officials officiate weird. The players play weird styles. The coaches don't do anything. There's no toughness. It's not real basketball which leads to TV numbers, which leads to revenue, all this stuff. There's no, I, I haven't looked at it, but there's no way that the NBA had normal viewership this season. I know they were down in the regular season, and the playoffs was probably worse because no one really cares. It's not like it used to be where there's these dynasty teams. You know, the, the Warriors, yeah, they, they were in the playoffs. They lost early. Um, you know, the, the Cavs when LeBron was carrying them, the Heat when LeBron was carrying them, Kobe with the Lakers, the Celtics when they were – playing really well in the mid-2000s, the Pistons um, in the 90s, in the early 2000s. All these teams, they had these dynasties that were really good for a few years um, and just played a fun brand of basketball. That stuff's going away. And you look at, you know, guys retiring, these trades that happening, um, you know, the amount of money. It's, it's just ridiculous. I, the NBA needs to reevaluate or else it's, no one's going to watch it and they're, they will never go under. Um, but they're going to be close and they're going to have to reevaluate because – not looking good for you guys. And they need a 1979-like NCAA final event to re-energize the game. That was The NBA was still kind of fighting the dregs of the ABA and was dying, and then Magic and Bird came around, and the 80s were glorious for yep. the NBA. 80s and the early 90s. I mean, you, could, you could argue the Bulls in the 90s too, but that's when basketball started to change. That's when I think it got soft because people were tired of the Pistons and the Celtics you know, taking out the, the showier teams, including Magic and the Lakers and then the Bulls. Um, and that's where you shifted basketball to what it is now. It's an ISO game, and it's it's garbage. There's a reason why I don't watch it. It's just not what it was in the 80s at all. Uh, before my podium, a happy belated Father's Day to our dads that listen. I think we're mostly a younger listening crowd and a, a mother-in-law, so um, not happy Father's Day to you, Mom, but... Happy Father's Day to any dads that might listen or to the listeners' dads out there. 
Um, my podium, I'm gonna. We got a lot of stuff to cover in, in the third shot for for golf for sure. But I wanted to talk about LA Country Club as a venue. Um, I think it got a raw deal from a lot of people, really based off of Thursday. Why can't we just accept that Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele, two of the you know Ricky's making a great comeback, but Xander Schauffele is number six in the world. Two of the best golfers in the world just had an epically had day. outstanding day on a course that was gettable because of what's something you can't control? The weather, right? It was June gloom in LA. If you don't know what that is, it's the marine layer. It's very moist in the air. The air is heavier. And it means this golf course is softer. It means the greens aren't crisped out. It means bounces aren't going to be as crazy. And it is what it is. I mean, no knock on you, Dauber, but even you, you're like, oh, it's too easy. I don't know. What is it with the sadistic love affair with guys got to shoot like five and six over? I, I mean, I don't need to see a bloodbath. Do I want it to be tough? Yeah. And here's a newsflash. Those two guys went eight under on Thursday. They both finished five under and four under respectively. Three under Xander. Oh, three under Xander. So the thing is, is that course played plenty hard. And what happened? It got sunny. It got sunny. The wind picked up. It got dried out. I thought the course layout was spectacular. It's a course I would love to play. It's like a, I don't even know, ungodly amount of initiation fee. Severe rules. We're going to talk about some of that in the golf thing. But, like, why can't we just accept that these guys are good? You know, I love that there's the Baraka. You know, you saw kind of some crazy bounces, crazy spots, you know. Just, like, it, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, guys just right around even par. Like, that didn't happen at Pebble Beach. Nobody complained when Tiger Woods tore it up and was 15 under. Yeah, I get it. The next nearest guy was, like, even or one, one under. But, but still, like, 10 under is okay to win a tournament. That's a good, hard golf course, and these players are great. I mean, look at Wyndham Clark. He, I think he led the field in driving distance, and McElroy hit was hitting 370-yard drives too. Like, these guys can hit it so far, yeah, it's the and they're so flipping. strong. So be happy that, you know, there were birdie holes that led to some spectacular fireworks, and there were some bogey holes that led to some blow-ups, and it all balanced out in the end. The last three days collectively the score didn't get any higher than two i mean it got up to 12 that was the highest it got and it settled in at 10 like just love the course for the test of golf that it did it was a great tournament i just i get so tired of being fixated what, what's next Eight thousand yard course par 68 i mean as it is it was the three longest holes in usga us open history on 16 17 and 18 after on saturday the shortest par three in history I mean, those last three holes were a combined mile. And by the way, Scotty Scheffler took two of them in five or in, a two, in five shots uh, on Saturday. So, like, stop picking at the course. Stop picking at the USGA. The USGA is the only good bastion of normalcy we have in golf anymore because of the PGA live nonsense with the Department of Justice and all that stuff. So, I just say, bravo. I thought LACC was great. It was a different venue. And I'm telling you guys... They're probably going to tear up Pinehurst next year because the last time it was there, Martin Keimer tore up Pinehurst. So you can you can complain all you want, but like just stop and enjoy the show. That's what I got to say. I agree. <clears throat> we'll get more to that a little later. Uh, tee up. Uh, kid going a lot of different directions. We're going to go with um, well former West Virginia coach now Bob Huggins. 
you know, he had this incident um, with some um, homophobic slurs about a month and a half ago. He's on some Cincinnati radio show. You know, got in trouble for that. He was going to get suspended for a few games, whatever. Proceeds on Friday night to get arrested for drunk driving. Uh, blows a point two one, um, almost triple the legal limit. Had a can, or garbage bag full of beers in his back seat. Um, proceeds to get fired on Saturday and slash resign. Uh, what an idiot! He's always been kind of walked that thin line. He was kind of a cheater, wasn't he? At Cincinnati, a little bit. Yeah, he was borderline. I mean, he was. He said his job was to create NBA players and basketball players, not students. So he's he's definitely not. He's not the guy like he replaced, man. which was Beeline, right? Like Beeline yeah, well, was who. And speaking of that, him. Patrick Beeline said if West Virginia called him to have him back, he would go back. His son said that. Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's too bad. Like, look. Really thing, good coach, historic coach. The, the thing is, is too, is this isn't a one, this isn't a woke deal, right? Like, Huggy's had some issues. He's had a couple recently. I think this was just the, you know, West Virginia went into him and said, look, coach, we love you. You've done great, but we're, our hands yeah. are tied. So you yeah. either resign or we're going to fire you. And at this point, it's just, it wouldn't be a good look. I would say if this is first offense, maybe even second offense, whatever, you can kind of wish it away and, and good PR move it away. But, like, this is beyond two offenses, and I don't know. Doesn't have a great track record of success with a lot of the other things off the court necessarily. So, you know, it's probably time for him to go anyway. So, stupid move on your part, Coach. Not the way you want to go out as a legacy. Maybe you can go Coach D3 like Calhoun did or something and get back to the love of basketball or, like, uh, Pete what's it, Pete, uh, Pete Bell Pete, Pete Bell on uh, the fictitious blue chips. Um, I wish Huggy well, but just not a smart move. Not a smart man, Jenny. Yeah, just that's not a great great look for you, Bob, but <clears throat> I digress. People make mistakes, I get it, but that was strike three and you're out. At least. Um, all right. The nitty-gritty. Um, we're going to do the par three as we have been all summer, and we probably will until um, probably late July. Until we we'll get into start previews. diving into some Big Ten previews and talking some football I hate to say it but why does it feel like June is already freaking flown by it's already almost June 20th and good lord before we know it, it'll be football season um, but we'll go hodgepodge slash uh, mailbag here on the on the first shot <clears throat> do you want to do mailbag first what do you want to do it doesn't matter I just have some things that I could throw can, out there we so can we can address, go back and forth we can address do a hodgepodge first Let's talk a little John Morant uh, found out, I think it was Thursday, his suspension. 25 games for being a freaking gangbanger. If this was... If it was gambling, they'd suspend him for the well, season. If it was gambling, it'd be a season. But imagine if it was like a guy that's a role player, or like a bench guy for the Pistons or something. They'd suspend him for the whole season right. for doing that. Yeah, they probably would. Um, this is the, this this is is the no, NBA this is, doing yourself a disservice. You, you think you're saving the game by promoting your thug stars and you're making it worse. Yeah, just... I don't get it. This guy's a—he's an idiot. I, he's not going to learn his lesson unless he, you know, shoots himself on accident in the leg like Plaxico did, or hurt somebody. Um, and that—it's just—it's just bad. It, it's a terrible look. Um, once again for the NBA. Second thing I had: there's this article on 247 Sports um, by Brad Crawford. It's held college athletics 25 powerhouses to produce the most revenue for 2022. 
I wanted to just kind of talk about this. Ohio State was number one. Guess how much money that they produced in 2020, 2020, 2020 Yes. Is this after expenses or is this just it's just like twenty twenty two profit, profit or revenue? Oh, hundred million. Two hundred and fifty one million dollars. Wow. Well, I guess jersey sales, all that kind of Texas stuff. Texas second, two thirty nine. Alabama third, two fourteen. Michigan four, two ten. Georgia five, two oh three. Um, then in there as well, um, Penn State was number nine at 181 million. Michigan State number 12 at 172 million. Indiana 166 million at 13th. Wow, thanks um, to basketball. Tennessee sure. surprisingly only 154. I feel like they would earn more than that from football um, with the season that they had. Iowa number 21, 151 million. Wisconsin 150 million at 22. Illinois. 145.7 million. So a lot of the Big Ten in the top 25. And the reason why it's going to come down, as we talked about this time last year, to Big Ten SEC is the last two conferences well, then, standing. Then San Diego State, you know, they left the Mountain West. You see that last, yeah. late last week? Yeah, they're yeah. out. They don't have a conference. So they're just going to wait on placement somewhere. Big 12, Pac-12, I don't know. We'll see. If the Pac-12 wants to survive, maybe they'll do that. But the Pac-12 is a about Pac-12 and the ACC are going to crumble. And that actually goes to my one of my questions for you, Ryan. So news of the the, the other day I saw this. Nor, North Carolina and UVA, they see the ACC is crumbling. They are playing themselves out there to the SEC or the Big Ten. Who is Who would they be a better fit for and why? Who was it again? Sorry. North Carolina and Virginia. I think North Carolina... Both as they, a pair. They feel more SEC to me. I don't know why. See, I think Big Ten because, I mean, they they fit in basketball. They'd fit in football. I think they're both, the way they are academically, what's the Big Ten likes the, what are those schools? Ace, or the AAU schools. Yeah. Um, UVA is a prestigious academic school. North Carolina, minus their cheating scandals with basketball and doing classes for people. I personally, last year when I did my picks, those were two teams that I had going to the SEC for sure. Because remember, I got to like two forty-eight team leagues, mm-hmm. um, and like eight team divisions or twelve team. You know, like I had a whole plan laid out. I had them there. I personally, so the question I would have for you, Ryan, is: Would you rather? Because it's going to happen one way or another. Would you rather have Washington and Oregon be the next two into the Big Ten to get them to eighteen? Or would you have, rather have North Carolina and Virginia? I'd probably rather have North Carolina and Virginia. I think so. I mean, Oregon, obviously, you've got the Nike pole and everything. Washington, it would balance it out a little bit with UCLA and USC, give them a little bit of West Coast partners. I get that part of it. Um, they Neither would be bad. I mean, Michigan State went up to Washington last year. It's a, it's a great place to watch a football game. They're not particularly great in basketball. Oregon is obviously good in football, okay in basketball. they got Boku Bucks coming in from Phil Knight. I personally, you know, if given a choice, I would rather see North Carolina and Virginia. Um, I don't. I think n- neither really do much for the Big Ten TV wise. I mean, the Big Ten already has. But we've talked about this before. Like four of the top five markets now. Yeah. Um, Seattle and, and and you know Portland aren't going to give them anywhere. That's going to get close. Virginia you already kind of have with Maryland. Carolina, okay, you get Charlotte. That's probably a bigger market than Seattle, but, you know, I don't know. I, I probably would personally, if I get, got to choose, I'd say North Carolina and Virginia, but wouldn't surprise me either way. Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in the next few years. 
So we talked about the West Virginia thing, obviously, and Huggy, and you mentioned Beeline. I saw that today, too. I, I didn't. I did not do my homework on this, so I'm going to throw you a flyer because you know more about this, but who else would be a coaching candidate for West Virginia? I uh, hear Jeff Bowles, Ohio's coach. Um, he's pretty good. They've they've had a solid last few years. I love Mac coaches uh, are usually I, good good to pick. I'm trying at. to think who else I saw thrown around in there. Uh, Chris Mack from former Xavier and Louisville coach. I saw his name. I would not be surprised if he was in the mix. It's kind of late um, in the right. process. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't know who else I saw. Pat Kelsey, the coach of Charleston's name, thrown around. He'd, he'd be a pretty. Good, he's a good coach. Um, I don't really know though. I, it's weird. I can. I, ESPN did an article on it. We can. That's all right. I just. I just thought you know off the top of your head because you're up on that more. You have more. They had young, I think Youngstown hands. State's coach was was in there as well. Um, yeah, Jared Calhoun's his name. They had a nice. Yeah, season. you're off cycle for sure. Maybe so. from within, but they said they're not going to go the interim route. So. Maybe not within um, Beeline's names on this is Andy Kennedy UIB because he coached with Huggins at one point. Forbes from Wake Forest that'd be interesting. He's a good coach. Um, I feel like that'd be a step down. I mean, ACC basketball to Big Twelve. Yeah. Wake Forest is uh, maybe it'd be easier to recruit to West Virginia. I don't know. What's that roster going to look like? How is the? Because uh, I heard a bunch of those guys, or a lot of them, were transfers anyways, and they can't transfer twice. Unless they're grads, right? So they're kind of stuck. Yeah. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch for. So my next question, because uh, I just saw this news today, Draymond Green opting for yep. free agency. Mm-hmm. What are some potential landing spots for Draymond Green? I've heard Lakers. I've heard. Uh, I don't want to definitely see him play Warriors. LeBron. I, hate LeBron. I could see. I don't even know. I, I don't really pay. Attention. I'll tell you what I would. I, look, the I don't watch something. the NBA. I can't stand the NBA, but I do love my Michigan State guys. I think it's later in his career. He's what, like thirty-three? So he's got some years left, but he's definitely you know at, he's kind of going on the backside of his career. I think if the Pistons ever want to get right. They need a guy like Draymond Green who can get the locker room kind of busted into shape, get the prima donnas on the right path. Personally, if you want to get my interest in watching some Pistons games again, go out and get him because he does all the things that basketball players should do, and that's what makes him great that very rare and very few other people do. So I don't really know where he would end up going. I ask you, Ryan, because, again, you probably more in the know. I personally more wanted to ask the question because my my hope would be that he'd go to the Pistons to give me any chance of watching George Blaha and Greg Kelser call yeah, Pistons games. George get a foot in the grave. I hate to say it. Yeah, it says Lane, so that's Golden State, L.A., Miami. Um, that's really it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the, what the Pistons, all that stuff looks like for them, but I, I just think if you're a young team a lot of cap space. and you want a savvy veteran – that can help you learn how to win. He's a winner. He's a winner. He went to two Final Fours at Michigan State. Um, he's won what five, four, five championships with Grant. With I was going to say Grand Valley, Golden State. Um, he knows how to be a team guy. Yeah. Does he come with some some baggage? I guess in the terms of like he he's pretty outspoken and he's going to get after teammates and that kind of stuff. Yep, you bet. But you know what? That's what I think is right. This is the only thing. He's like one of the very few players that's right with the NBA because that's what made the 80s so great in the NBA is it was full of Draymonds. It was full of guys who were stat sheet stuffers in ways other than I got to get mine. 
You're not talking about a guy that takes a night off because, oh, my knee's hurt and I don't feel like playing in the night, like a LeBron or, or the other superstars. He's a throwback player, and the NBA needs more of him. And if he went to the Pistons, I could commit to watching I'd watch a game, let alone. I haven't watched a Pistons game front and back we, we in years. We good valley, so it's okay. Well, that doesn't matter. I even I wouldn't even go to a sports bar to watch them because they suck so bad. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Uh, not not too fun to watch. All right, other question that I have, and then you probably have some more stuff too. Is what else. does Mel Tucker have to do this season to make you stay positive about him and the future of Michigan State football? He has to make a bowl game. He has to do it. it I agree because last year we were there. Epic, epic, like meltdown, fart in your face, fail with that missed kick like don't ever rely on a kicker i ever unless it's jason hansen ever rely on a kicker and he did that and he got burned by it and i mean it doesn't take much it takes a 500 record to go to a bowl game and michigan state screwed the pooch on that last year and you know they fought valiantly at penn state but rosters very remade over because you lost your prima donna top receiver good riddance left for more moolah and showtime whatever you lost Peyton Thorne, who, you know, by all accounts, what I read wasn't really thinking about transferring until, like, a couple days before he put his name in the portal. Still don't really understand that, but whatever. It's fine. Future's now. I agree. I think 6-6 six and six is a must. Um, yeah, you have to do it. But I think to really build some positivity, if you went 6-6, six and six, you have to win the bowl game. Otherwise, I think you got to turn a winning record. You know, if you can go seven and five and even, you know, have a tough bowl loss to a good team or something like that, I think that's a little bit more acceptable. You've got to show progress and you got to show progress with young guys. And I also think you got to land some of these guys that you're swinging hard at. It's one thing to swing hard at guys all the time and, and miss on the majority, right? It's sales. You're, you're not, it's like, or baseball, right? You're not going to hit a thousand. I get it. But you got to hit one or two of these guys. You you you've got to hit one of these five stars. You've got to hit a hand a good handful of that's legit all, four now stars. You have to do that. In it's like it, it's it's a must have. Um, you know, and by all accounts, Ishby is not going to be just handing out money anymore at Michigan State because he spent four bill on a NBA team, which probably wasn't a great investment, Matt. Um, and then you know he already put thirty million dollars into football and basketball. So, yeah, you still have rocket mortgage money. You still have, you know, a lot of other cash coming in. But, you, like, you got to put your money where your mouth is now, Mel. Like, you set the standard. There's coaches that are certainly getting paid more than you. Um, I get it. But you need to catch fire in a bottle, and you need to do it consistently. Yeah, you need something. You need and it a, starts with getting it, into a bowl. It has, to be, it has to be a good product, too. I don't care if you take the, the slow approach. Like, D'Antonio was a slow build. He was competitive. He had, you know, like... Teams that were close, and then he got to like seven and five, and then he got to like eight and four, and then nine and three, and then wham! Like I, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with a steady, consistent climb with good recruits coming in, and more so than good recruits coming in is maintaining them and developing them. Um, I get it. You know, some of that's out of your hands because the NCAA, that's all a bunch of horse shit. The way that you know with the NIL and guys can just willy nilly leave and all that kind of stuff, but. So, but you got to deal with that. You got to develop guys. That means your coaching staff has to be good. I need to see market improvement. I need to see better sideline coaching. I need to see better decisions. I think that Indiana game was an epic fail. I think the fact that you settled and you didn't even get on the right hash for your kicker, you didn't ask him what he was comfortable with, let alone putting it in some walk on guy that hardly made a kick last year's leg, 
even from extra point land. No, you you try to score the touchdown. It almost he almost screwed the pooch at Illinois that same way. Um, yes, you know when, a, when Illinois was undefeated and we pulled off a big upset. So I think there's got to be a, a good unexpected win in there this year, and you got to win all the games you should, and you got to get to a bowl game. I agree. Yeah, you have to, or else it's the clock's ticking, pal. Yep. Um, all right. You got anything else in that? No, I got nothing. All right. Keep your questions and such coming. Uh, we'll keep an eye on news and bring stuff into Hodgepodge. But if you got any questions, we're happy to happy to address them. I've got one from you, Chris, but we're going to handle that in the golf section. All right, so, uh, second shot. We're going to get into uh, a bracket again this week. You remember, this is always bracket, or it's sometimes Mount Rushmore, or you know, if we're feeling salty, a Canadian Mount Rushmore. We're going to go rivalry game bracket. This would be, and this is an 18 bracket, not 16. Which of these would you most want to see slash is the best, most attractive matchup? That's what the premise of this bracket is. All right. And it's mostly a mix of college basketball and college football um, with one none of those two in play. So number one seed, North Carolina Duke at Cameron versus Indiana Purdue at Assembly. Uh... Probably Duke, I, I think. I mean, yeah. I think tough. I think so, just because Cameron just has its thing. I just would like to go there once. I mean, I want to go to Assembly Hall too, but I just assume go see Michigan State play at Assembly Hall. Captain agrees upstairs, probably chasing Moose, the new puppy, around. Um, they're going to face off against the winner of. Now we're switching to football. Army Navy underseated, probably at a four versus Texas Texas A and M, which has not been Ooh. played in quite a while. Oh, I, I know. I would love to see Army-Navy. Army-Navy all day, every day, especially with a couple of family members that went to West Point and were cadets. Army-Navy all day. Yeah. All right, moving on to the bottom part of the bracket. Number three seed, Kentucky-Louisville at Rupp versus six seed, 80s Pistons-Celtics. So we're going to go into the Wayback Machine way before you were born. Um you have the opportunity to go watch like a game six of Pistons Celtics in the heyday in the mid late. I would love to do that. I like that. Over, yeah, I would say the same. Um, I watched those games and those were to, I mean, live and die with. That's when basketball was basketball in the NBA. It still is at least a bastion of that in the college game. But um, I'm, and you don't believe me? I'm telling you, go find it. I'm sure there's a game on YouTube. Go watch like a any game in a Pistons Celtics series from like. 86 to 88 or 89, whenever the Pistons first won it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're talking about epic, epic games um, and usually seven-game series. All right, so they'll face the winner of two-seed Ohio State-Michigan, which I've been to, um, and you can go to either, we'll say the shoe or the big dump, um, against a sneaky seven-seed rivalry game, Pitt-West Virginia. The backyard brawl. I would want to go to the backyard brawl. That's sick. Um, That's there's good. a license. There's a license plate in the uh, parking lot. West Virginia plate. E I E I O. Your lights are on. That's the famous PA announcer joke um, there. I'm gonna agree. I've also been to Ohio State, Michigan. Uh, it was an Earl Bruce game at U of M Stadium with Tom, and I believe actually Ohio State won. So uh, when he was a student there, so it was kind of fun. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go though with Pitt, West Virginia too, because I just think that would be that's that's epic old school. So we have exactly the same four. And who are you taking, North Carolina, Duke at Cameron, or Army-Navy? Uh, Army-Navy. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you all the way. And then you've got Pistons Celtics '80s matchup against West Virginia Pitt. Nah, uh, Pistons Celtics. And same with me. And Army Navy or Pistons Army Celtics. Army Navy. Yep. Army Navy. Yep. We're boring, but all day. Great book to read. Uh, a Civil War by John Feinstein um, follows Army and Navy through a season. Um, just you want to you want to feel American, like with which unfortunately only about half of Americans do anymore. Read that book, and then you'll beat up some people who are not American. We'll just say it at that. All right. Quick word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right. All right, third shot, par putt. Um, or if you're like me, 60 foot winding down a what? Probably a 12, 13 yeah, foot was, slope eagle. A number 15 at Boulder Creek yesterday in, in my, what, eighth win of the season? Yeah, I'm not, I don't think. Didn't I'm flip a golf that. cart this time? Yeah, that's that's yeah, always which positive is news. Which is something. Well, since we left you, um, we did have a crazy ending to the Canadian Open. Um, Nick Taylor, 72-footer in a pl- third playoff hole over Tommy Fleetwood, looking for his first win. And then celebration ensues. Adam Hadwin, Canadian player, um, friends with Nick Taylor, gets just decked by a security guard, form tackle. That was pretty funny. Um, Heard about it, didn't see the video. like an average Joe. Um, funny. Brings us to the U.S. Open. Um, did we pick guys for that one? Uh, yeah, we did. Um, let me pull up. Um, I don't think we did very well, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he's pulling that up. I'm going to say this about the U.S. Open. I had picked in that um, Canadian Svensson and Rose. Rose did okay, and then you picked Burns and Thagala, and they both. Burns and Svensson missed the cut, and Rose and Thagala did okay. All right. All right, U.S. Open, how do we do, first of all, in our foursomes? Um, my guys got 78th. We put this on guys, Twitter. Your guys 57th. Yeah, um, who did we have? I had Spieth, who I thought was going to win, <laughs> missed the cut. Fowler, obviously played well. Scheffler, Cam Smith, that's pretty good. My bugaboo was Spieth. And then you had Scheffler, Kepka, Finau, and Fowler. Um, so, U.S. Open. Yeah, look at that leaderboard. I mean, you know, the 62, excuse me, the 62s happen. You're like, this course is going to get murdered. Um, no, that's not the case because... No. Only two shots more, less than that, won the tournament. I think the only gripe, and look, some of the players didn't like the course, right? Players are going to not like, and not everybody's going to like every course. I don't, so I, I don't listen I get to that, any of that but... stuff. I just, whatever. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. The only gripe that I heard that was, that I thought was cool, and it, it probably was space limited. I don't know if there was some other limitations on it, but only about 22,000 um people could get in to watch spectators, uh, you know, a day. And I did think it was cool yeah. the way they let them kind of run in like they've done at the PGA when Phil won it at Kiowa, like they've yeah, done cool. in the in the Tour Championship. Like, they let that happen, so the atmosphere on 18 was great at the end. But, like, I, I did, I agree. Fitzpatrick, I think, said that. It just didn't feel as energetic as it can. Yeah, they um, weren't, because it was all corporate or... Members and the thing is, is why. LA in general is just not a great sports town. I mean, I get why like the Big Ten chased USC and UCLA for for TV, but 
Nobody goes to those games. The, nobody, the Rose Bowl's only filled for the Rose Bowl. It's never filled for a UCLA game. I mean, people fill Westwood, you know, um, the forum for the Lakers when the Lakers, you know, especially during showtime or, or whatever, but it's mostly still celebrities. Like, people don't really go to Dodgers games that much. I mean, maybe in the World Series or Anaheim Angels games. Like, it's just not a, it's just not people, it takes forever to get places and it's just like, they're weird people in L.A., all right, yeah. and that's that's a high end prestigious course. I've got some stuff Beautiful. on that course that I wanted. I'll kind awesome, of throw out there that I thought was interesting. But I think that's probably my biggest gripe is that just not enough spectators allowed, and it took away from some of that. Like, and I'm not talking about the mashed potatoes and the heckling and all that kind of stuff. Like no, Phil dealt with the heckler and Ricky dealt with the heck. I'm just like the energetic like game changers, like the roar that you hear from like four holes away and you're like, oh man, what just happened? And it gets guys thinking. It's, you know, it's a thinking man's game. And that's probably the my biggest beef, if I have a beef. Yeah. I will say this. I I was rooting like crazy for Ricky. I like Ricky Fowler. I've always liked Ricky Fowler. I think he's just a good dude. He's he a, a dad. He's a husband. He's, he's a, a good, good dude. Man. Did he, maybe some people would argue, oh, he sold out a few years ago for all the endorsements. He makes a lot of money to be, you know, what turned into, he was a struggling golfer. But, you know, he got the ship righted. And I'm telling you, he, sportsmanship and chivalry is not dead because that dude is always there. Last class. year, he didn't make the cut. Like, he did not make the cut. He didn't even get in. He was, he was the first the alternate, didn't get in. And he's always there to congratulate these young players. And if you watched yesterday, he waited while, um, you know, Wyndham Clark celebrated his win, was emotional, his family rushed out to him, people cheered. And then he stepped in when the time was right to have a hug. And then what I saw today and what I, I was sure, because he pulled him in for a tighter hug a second ago, what I read was so cool. The, his, the gesture that he did, you know, waiting and then congratulating them. And then that second pull in close and he told him, your mom was with you. She'd be very proud. If you don't know Clark's story, it's very chronicled on NBC that, you know, he lost his mom at age 19 to breast cancer. He gave a lot of credit to her when he won the um, Wells Fargo. You know, obviously he's like, 2930 now so that was that was a little while ago but like you know he was close with his mom she was his biggest fan that rests you know weighed heavily on him he almost quit golf because of it he ended he was a big big 12 player of the year at oklahoma state as a freshman ended up having to transfer contemplated quitting golf i saw today he actually was almost on the bachelor um he seems like he'd be a bachelor he, he seemed guy. like he'd be a bachelor guy oh, his girlfriend's cute though um but like so for him to have that emotion and for ricky to be in that moment and say that to him. Your mom would be proud of you. Yeah, is there really is there a classier guy in golf? I mean, no. I think some people argue, oh, that makes him soft. That makes him whatever. He's not a winner. You got to be hard to be a winner. I I get it. That's what you saw in Tiger. But here's the thing: the world needs more Ricky Fowlers. He sees the whole picture, and not many do. It's hard to win a golf tournament. It's hard to lead a golf tournament for four days and hang on and win. It's hard to shoot. A 62 ass is Andrew Shoffley and stay right there and be in the mix and to deal with all the distractions and all the stuff that goes on. And he does it with grace and class and likability and the fans like him. And he's got a great persona and a great personality. I was rooting for him. I think that the best is ahead of Ricky, which is great because it shows that you can kind of have a resurgence in your career. Obviously, golf's a game. If you stay healthy, you can play for a long time. He's mm-hmm. still only in his mid-30s, early mid-30s. Um, I'm rooting for you, Rick. I, I, I don't know when it's going to be, 
but you know you're having a great season anyway. Maybe I'll get one um, overseas. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I I was really proud of of that. And then shifting to Clark as a champion, I know, you know, a lot of people were probably rooting well for Ricky. He came out of people, nowhere. People really were rooting for Rory certainly because Rory's a great story. I personally thought he's a great story. Clark, great champion. I mean, he was stoic. He made mistakes. He bogeyed. Yeah, he, 15, 16, he, to, he, he had a four-stroke lead, yeah. Um, but he made shots. I mean, this going flag hunting on 18 on Saturday, basically in the dark, as they said, because he and Ricky were yeah, pissed that, was, that Ricky had to bogey that. That bogey probably was a momentum killer for Rick yeah, on Saturday. Kind of shifted it. Um, you know, I just thought, like, the way that he handled the win, the way that he handled the golf, you know, he was just steady. He was there. Um, pretty unflappable, and I think he's a good champion. He kind of reminds me of Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson, who sprung board from his U.S. Open win. He hasn't won a ma- another major, but he's you know he's won the players and he's done some other good things. Hits the crap um, out of the ball. Hits the yeah, just his, smashes the his, ball. His short game was really good um, too. It's gotten some precarious situations and yeah, I mean scrambled. You you'd love to see Rory win it because Rory is well. Chron- I mean he's he's the most consistent uh, he's been, major players. Aside from Tiger in the last 25 years. I mean, he's the only one close to Tiger in terms of top he 10 He played finishes. well, too. I mean, 70. Played well. You know, and, and he's a man. He admitted after afterwards, yeah, I was rooting for him to three-putt that. Not because I wanted him to lose, but because I wanted to win. And you know what? He said what everybody was it would be thinking. And that's what you would do. Like, if you're playing in a match, I don't care if you're playing with your best friend. Of course you're hoping that they secretly choke because you want to win, right? Like, not that they lose, but that you want to win. Um, and he did, by all accounts, pretty much everything he could do. But it was like Sunday of the Open; he couldn't just couldn't, couldn't put those putts together. Like two two long at one putt is at one point on Sunday. Like his collective made putts, I think, for the last two days had been like only forty eight feet or something like that. He just he was getting up to great lag range, but he wasn't making any bombs. And you got to be able to save things. You know, like he got I, I can't remember what hole it was. He got the lucky ruling. Yeah, um, then he not lucky, but where he where he got the un. The uh, embedded, um, you know, and yeah, then ends up missing the par putt. Like he had his chance, he had his chances, but um, yeah. you know, you, you got anything else on any? I've got some other things. Scheffler once again another. He's a T ten machine or top ten machine. Yeah, he's I mean, gonna he's he right up there. He didn't even play that well when he finished third. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could he can't putt, and he's he just finished third in the major. And Cam Smith, folk, he's not going anywhere. I would yeah, I'm gonna pick Scotty. Scotty's approach game, he's one in like tee to green, like one in so many key stats, but he's not very good in putting right now where he had been. But you take Cam's putting oh, and you morph that with Cam Scotty, Smith is holy the hell, the they would be unbeatable. I've, I've They'd be un, unbeatable because that's Scotty's thing is it's kind of, he's got a little he, bit of the yips. He's right. a really good, he's good around the green, but not on the green. Yep. Fleetwood 63 on Sunday, not enough again. Um, Kim, nice showing. Harris English, nice showing. Rom got a top 10. My, my biggest thing, um, you know, with this major thing is, are these guys ever, like this Tom Fleetwood, yeah, he's a bunch of top 10s. He's not. He's never won anything. Xander Schauffele is a thoroughbred player on the tour, yet he has not won anything meaningful. It's hard to win, right? I, yeah, then Patrick Cantlay, uh, these guys just, it, it, it's so win. hard to win. It, it just makes you realize that, but... Um, yeah, LA Country Club was awesome. I loved the the mix of long holes, short holes, eighty five yards. The eighty one, the one day. It's playing so short. Then two ninety nine on the par three, and then the short par four, number six. 
Um, it was a fun mix. A lot of, of risk holes. reward. Yeah, long holes like five hundred and fifty. We we were joking yesterday when we played here at Boulder Creek. The par, none of the par fives here from the Blues were as long as any of the or as a couple of those par fours there. Right. Just that's it's nuts. Just wild. I like some of the rules from L.A. Country Club. No changing shoes in the parking lot. No phone calls from anywhere on property except inside a parked car or an enclosed booth in the locker room. No snapping photos of the course. No posting videos or still shots of the property on social media. No headphones or earbuds allowed. No cash unless you're paying caddies. No tipping. Um, Long pants required regardless of weather, and those pants must be tailored, so no joggers. Very... Um, no clogs, no flip-flops, no warm-up suits, no leggings, no gym attire, no t-shirts and jerseys, no clothing containing slogans, keep your shirts tucked in, caps and visors are okay, but only with the bill facing forward, never to be worn inside the clubhouse or an adjacent patio, the exception being the uncovered patio next to the bar. Golf attire is acceptable in the locker room and grill room, but after six, men must wear a jacket in all other areas of the clubhouse. Same with boys age seven and up, girls and women shirts blouses inside slacks or skirts um unless designed to be the shirts are designed to be worn outside slacks must be tailored of ankle length or longer skirts must break no higher than four inches above the knee so no sluts no here's a good fun one no actors they will not allow actors in even though like lionel richie lives on the course the old playboy Playboy Mansion. mansion um i think like I love it. Like, that's old school, and people say, oh, it's stuffy, it's not what golf is, blah, blah, blah. So what? So go play at your local Muni if they, you don't want to. I, I, I think it's like we don't have many traditions alive anymore. Traditions being like good guys like Ricky Fowler and traditions being like rules of common decency. And I don't know. Blyfield tried it when we were members there, and I actually appreciated it. So that's a little bit more on on that. Um I got a couple questions for you off the U.S. Open. Given we talked about Rory, will he win another major? He's only 34, 35, 36 years that, old. That was right? one of my sprint questions, actually. All right, well, we'll skip that then. Will Spieth or JT ever win another no. major? Spieth missed a cut. JT shot an 81. JT's lost. He's lost. I, I think they'll win another major. They're both in their I don't late think, 20s. I, I, I would say so. Spieth would over Thomas. I They're think. both young. They're You know what? Hey, sometimes you got to get refocused. Um both more recently married with kids. Well, JT doesn't have kids, but like, you know, you get your priorities right. You work on the right things. I think both will be fine because they're both supreme talents. How many more majors will Scotty win? I think he'll get to five. You think he'll get? He's got one right so far. Four I mean, more. if he can stay healthy and stay on the track, I just worry about his swing because the way his feet move. I mean, he's like, he's nanoseconds from a rolled ankle and a shredded Achilles when his feet move. I don't understand. I could that. see him winning a couple more. I I see him winning like a, you know, I could see him contending for sure for the British, but I, I see him as a U.S. Open guy and maybe another Masters. So I could see him at least get to three. How about Rom? Uh, I think he's going to get the Grand Slam. I do. Yeah, Rom definitely strikes me as a British Open guy. Um, PGA maybe the least in his bag, but I could see I could see him getting the Grand Slam maybe before Fowler, but we'll talk about that. Um, another question. So Azinger took a lot of heat. You're not a big particular fan of him. I've met him. He's a decent guy. I personally, look, Johnny Miller was pretty polarizing, but here's the thing. He won the damn thing until the other day. He had the record for lowest round and his was like in the fourth round, I think. Right. Um, in the U S open. Um, 
he was brash and he told it like it is and he rubbed people the wrong way. But I think you need some of that. Like I don't, I don't. That's need, kind of how Sir need, Nick was. Like I feel like Azinger is a master of the obvious, and yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. And or he makes stupid calls, like he said, "Oh, this ball is not going to move." When Clark had that beautiful shot away, he got kind of like in the crappy stuff. He whiffed one. Remember? Well, yeah. Well, speaking of that, you know what he did, don't you? Mm-hmm. He was hitting down air. He could should have been penalized because he was knocking down stuff behind him to hit it. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, but anyway, so you know, Azinger like master of the unobvious there he's like oh that ball's not moving it was still clearly moving until and got to like within five feet for a key par save like i don't i don't dislike him but i don't think he's the best nbc has for um a color commentator honestly if you listen to it they're b guys so they're warm-up guy they're you know early round guy peter jacobson i think jake the snake i think he's better i think he you know i think he's better um you know, he's I've met him once before too. He's a, he's a good dude, but I just think you need kind of. I personally, I think you need somebody who won the U.S. Open to call the U.S. Open. NBC does a, a decent amount of golf, but like that's their major. Yeah, I don't, I don't well, they have the either. Open too, I guess. But um, and the yeah, they do. I would rather place. see somebody that's done it. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Zinger? Yeah, I'm not a huge Zinger guy. I I just think he sucks. To be honest with you. Um, and then more rule stuff. What was it? What was it? I heard it in the podcast earlier. Dang it! It'll come back to me. Um, so along those lines, oh, it's something to do with window cards. Not even a rules thing. This motherfucker wasn't even reading his own. Sorry, part of my language wasn't even reading his own putts. His caddy read all of his putts. Clark. No, they read him. They read him together. He was on every putt that he hit. He was. He that's, was. What, can he read his own putts, or is he three? I don't know. Old? He doesn't have to, right? Well, that's kind of crap. He should have. I don't to think read so. I mean, that's what you're paying your caddy for. So you know, he's going to get reward him, rewarded handsomely. He's going to make about two to three times a well, year. His what caddy I'm played the U.S. Open. He did. Yeah, I mean, he's not the only caddy that does that. No, I mean, some guys are he better did it at for it for like but, every putt. That was, but it's also more obvious because of the way they do it. But you know, it's all within the. That wasn't a rules thing. He was well within the rules. But so back to the announcer thing. Who's better, Dan Hicks or Jim Nance? Jim Nance, way better. See, I, I, think, I, I think Nance is a really good golf commentator. I think he is too. But I, I like Dan Hicks. I mean, he gets a little bit of whatever. But I, I like. I think Nance is probably better. But I do like Dan. I do like Dan Hick. I like Terry Gannon too. I think he does a good job. You know, who I think who should, the, you know who I think should be the NBC guy. He should be Noda. Noda's way better than Noda's a really good on course commentator. He's way better. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I could switch him. Have Zinger walk that walk the course. Zinger would hurt himself. Yeah, Noda. I like Noda. I, I don't like Zinger. I, I really don't. I, I think Noda would be way better. All right, you got anything else? U.S. Open. Otherwise, I got one more question. No, I don't think so. It's just um, I'm. I'm Happy that um, it was a good tournament, good leaderboard. Um, yeah, I I love the U.S. Open. Tradition always my favorite because I got married uh, on a U.S. Open weekend that In was being held right? at Congressional. Yep, and then we held off going to the hospital to have Ryan because we were watching Payne Stewart and Phil Mickelson battle at Pinehurst, which next year will be number 25 yeah, uh, to celebrate that? his 25th birthday. All right, so here's the other question. Chris sent me this one. Could have been a mailbag. You, you maybe you saw this on tip pack you can only pick one you can one never three putt again two play your dream course once with your dream foursome three hit every fairway the rest of your life or four win the masters but you can never play golf again 
probably three putt. I feel like I no no. I want to hit every. I don't know what it's like to hit every fairway. So I look. I mean, I I've been hitting a decent amount the last couple of years. If you can hit every fairway, but you can't hit the green, it doesn't freaking matter. Yeah, true. <laughs> right. True. I so to me it came down to because I would never. But I feel want like to I lose play. too many balls off the team. Winning the Masters would be sweet, but to never play again, no, thank you. So for me, it would be never three putt again or play a dream course once with your dream foursome. I mean, you're talking about like. Playing with three other guys that, like, your dream guys to play with on a some dream course, I, I think I go with that because I feel like I'm a good enough putter that, yeah, I'm never going to not three-putt again the rest of my life, but, like, I can deal with a three-putt or so around. I'm going with number two, play the dream course once. All right, what's, what's the dream course? I, I don't know. I don't know my dream course. We've talked about dream foursomes here before. I don't, I'd have to think about it. You tell me if I get to play with those guys and pick the course, I'll figure something out. Probably would be Augusta playing with, you know, I don't know, an eclectic group of guys. Larry David. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Sprint? Uh, no, we did. We had to pick for the Travelers. Oh, pick for the Travelers, travelers this I week. Even looked. Oh, I'm going to go so Harris birdie, English. Birdie Machine, birdie, Birdie's Paradise. Yeah, it is. I love number... 18. There's some drivable holes too. Uh, is Bubba Watson playing in it? No, he's, he's on live. I know he's on live, but uh, I'm gonna go Harris English, and I'm gonna go. Hmm, I'm gonna go Fleetwood. All right, I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go Xander to repeat because he plays well in these crop tournaments, and Tom Kim. Birdie, about a, a birdie machine. Yeah, he uh, is. We'll see. Maybe we'll put some bones on there. A couple a couple nuggies. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, the nitty-gritty. Um, sprint time. Will Roar get another major? I think he will. I mean, I think, obviously, every time he doesn't, the pressure's up there. But he's, yep. he's in contention all the time. That's the first. That's the first hard thing to do. Is to give yourself a chance, and he he's, gives himself he's been there. A, he gives himself a chance all the time. I don't think it will ever be the Masters, so I think he'll he'll not win the Career Grand Slam. No, I agree, but I think probably I could see I could see him even winning the Open this year. Hoy Lake, that's where he won the last time, mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. I think he's going to get one or two more. I yeah, do. I would agree. I think he'll that. get a. I think he'll get an Open and a PGA because next year it's at Valhalla where he's won then the next year at Quill Hollow where he's won multiple times mm-hmm. just on tour so yep. um, I think he will do that um, and then my our second one here um, well piggyback off what I said does Zinger need to go hmm. from NBC I, I mean I, I I don't mind his commentary but it's just it's so obvious for like a big tournament like he's fine for the just boring yeah, he just he Trevor doesn't. Elman's really good. He doesn't say anything that's like, wow. I as a as somebody who golfs a lot, but that I could learn. Like he doesn't teach me anything. I felt like Faldo would say what he thought, but he would also teach you things. I feel like Immelman teaches you things. I thought Johnny Miller would teach you things, and he would say stuff that you'd be like, damn, that was cold. Um, I don't mind that. Like I, like I don't need people like towing the line and woke cancel in my broadcast like give me what you see and call it like it is and it's okay if you make a mistake like you know you made a mistake on the moving ball but i i think zinger's okay for a regular tournament so i'd be okay if he was kind of like their b guy but 
I think they could do better. I, I think, you know, it's too bad that Phil had to turn into such an ass wipe yeah. because I think he would have been really good at it because he would have been insightful. He would have been fun. He would have been comedic. Um, I don't know. It's too bad maybe Tiger at some point will realize he can't play, and I think he would be a guy that would call it like it is. He could be a little bit fun, and I think you would learn a lot from him too. Hey, maybe Smiley Kaufman's next. Yeah, I like Smiley too. He's a good on-course guy. He does guy. a good job. Mm-hmm. He did a really good job. Yep. All right, uh, then we got, uh, I don't know, I thought of this last week, Best Pringle Flavor, probably because I saw a commercial for Best them. Pringle Flavor, uh, Sour Cream and Onion. That's what I said, too. Those are good. Or the Cheddar Cheese and Sour Cream. Were no, good those are good, well. too. Will a Detroit sports team make the playoffs in the next two years, so by 2025, the end of 2025? Yes, but I think it's there's only, uh, there's only 50% of the teams have a chance. Yeah, Red the, Wings and the, the Red Wings and the Lions. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, think I do the, think one of them in the next two years will I think the Lions it. are going to make it this year, and then the Wings not this year, but the next year will get it. I so think the Wings are a few moves and a few years away from yeah, recreating they, they, a they, dynasty. They have a bright future yeah. under the, the Stevie. Stevie Y, yeah, the Iser plan. All right. That's 127 of these. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, we thank you. If you have any mailbag questions, please let us know. Um, let us know uh, if you have any sprint questions as well, any brackets, um, or Mount Rushmore, Canadian Mount Rushmore you want us to do. Um, Mona, this one's for you. Um, I'm going to text you after this or call you because we're going to do some – I have business cards ready. We're, we'll, we'll pass them out. The old people can, can take them. Hopefully they know how to use website. QR codes. Except for you're dropping F-bombs on the podcast. Yeah, that was on accident. I'm sorry. This is last faux pas is 23. My co-host will be 24 on Wednesday. Don't so wish him a happy birthday. Getting yeah, you're getting so old, right? Getting old. All right. We appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate our sponsor, Team Anders. Um, we'll keep coming at you, but give us some stuff that you want to talk about. It's not all about just what we want to talk about. Meantime, even if you are on the right track, you will get run over if you just sit there. Thank you, Mr. Will Rogers, actor.